Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award winning agents who will walk you through the process step by step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Today is March 2nd, 2022, and our first story, the Russian foreign minister has warned NATO of World War III, saying it will be nuclear, basically telling them not to get involved. They go on to blame the U.S. for delaying peace talks in Ukraine, as we now see Western organizations begin banning Belarusian and Russian civilians from sporting competitions and even video games. In our next story, Addressing Biden's State of the Union address, he called Ukrainians Iranians, and basically his speech was just ripping off Donald Trump. It was like diet MAGA. And our last story, I want to address the swattings that have just occurred. We were swatted three times in one night. It's getting serious, man. So I, I go over the details on that. We, we have a name. We may know what's happening. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, has issued a dire warning that the next world war will be a nuclear war and it will be a destructive one. Now, some are saying that is a thinly veiled threat. And I think that's a fair assessment. Russia invaded Ukraine. And now if people want to stop them from doing it, it's oh, oh but there could be a nuclear war. Belarus is allowing Russia to stage nuclear weapons in its territory. And Ukraine has accused Belarus of invading Ukraine along with Russia in their war effort. Certainly things are heating up. But the real question remains, who's winning? Now, if you go online and look up the news, you'll find story after story claiming that Russia is losing. They're suffering greatly. Russian soldiers saying we didn't know. We were forced into this war being captured. Videos of alleged POWs. But my friends, it is all propaganda. We don't know exactly what's going on. We see these videos of shellings and bombings. We don't know who is launching what. You can believe your side. You can believe their side. You can believe neither side. I honestly don't know what to tell you. I can show you what the media is reporting, and I can give you my personal assessment. Based on everything I know about what is currently happening, it stands to reason that Ukraine is losing why wouldn't they? I mean, we're talking about Russia, which has around half the force, militaristic force, of NATO. Ukraine on its own 
is not going to be standing up to Russia. But of course, they need to maintain morale. They need to make sure that people in Ukraine believe they can win so they stage a resistance. And I absolutely can respect that. I, however, am no, uh, no fan of propaganda and lies. At the same time, what you need to be concerned about is that they will manipulate you, someone from the United States or from the West. They'll manipulate you emotionally so that you go on to support intervention in Ukraine. And it's a really difficult position. It always is. I am not a staunch anti-interventionist or isolationist, I should say. I'm mostly opposed to intervention. The conflict between Russia and Ukraine, while awful, is a conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Why should the United States be involved in this? Well, of course, you'll hear in media terrifying stories of Russian soldiers killing civilians indiscriminately. And they will look you in the eyes and say, we have to stop this evil. Now, I certainly believe civilians being killed is a bad thing, but I don't necessarily trust anyone trying to get us to engage in warfare. The reality is they want to play to your emotions so that you rally to their side and then go to war. At the same time, we're hearing that in the West, major corporations are actually targeting civilians, celebrities, athletes. They're shutting down payment processing for Russian civilians. And we have one high profile individual saying there are no innocent Russians right now. So the West targets Russian civilians in very different ways. And, and you know, there's, there's hard questions about this. The civilians are being effectively sanctioned, being removed from video games or banned from travel. Okay, they're not being killed. And then I get civilians do play a role in facilitating war, even if they don't want it. When it comes to what's happening with Russia, civilians are actually dying. But I have to say, I do not believe that we live in a world of comic book villains. Unless, of course, you're reading like a Frank Miller graphic novel or something. But for the most part, no. Vladimir Putin did not twirl his figurative mustache and say, go and kill the civilians. <laughs> but it is true that in war there is collateral damage. And Vladimir Putin is the one who chose to invade Ukraine. For whatever reason he may have, he chose to invade. And that means the civilian deaths and collateral damage will be on him. And therein lies the big challenge. How do we stop this? And people will argue intervention. I don't know for sure. I've seen conservatives saying arm the Ukrainians, but don't get directly involved. And I can understand that for sure. There are reports of certain Baltic states and Eastern European countries that are providing resources to the Ukrainians. And there are some questions as to whether or not we have already crossed the line into providing direct support, NATO, I should say, for Ukraine. Suffice it to say, my friends, the prospect of World War III is a legitimate concern. And Russia will not back down. I don't believe they'll simply say, oh, well, you got us. They have sacrificed so much for this. The sanctions are heavy. And Putin knew it. And now, according to Russian state media, Vladimir Putin's approval is through the roof. And it may be, or it could all be propaganda. I don't know for sure. Personally, I err on the side of Ukraine and have, and, and have always. Why? Well, I know people from there. They're the ones being invaded, and I oppose war. Putin started it. The people that I know in Ukraine talk about a dire circumstance, war and conflict, and very, very disgusting things that we're seeing as it pertains to the actions of, of Russia. But don't come to me with these crying translators and this manipulation. Be honest. And it's simple. Russia invaded Ukraine. 
That's wrong. I don't like the propaganda, but let's read. I want to show you what's, what we're seeing. We're actually seeing many Western sources say Russia is winning. We're seeing sources saying Russia is losing. We're seeing some that say Russia has already lost, but they're going to win anyway. It's all just insanity, propaganda, fog of war, and confusion. But I'll do my best to break down with a few key points. What's currently happening in the war and how the West is sanctioning people in Russia, civilians, and what appears to be an admission by Joe Biden in the State of the Union address that Taiwan will fall to China. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member in order to support the work of our journalists as well as the work that I do here. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments on the TimCast IRL podcast, and you will, again, make sure our journalists can go on the ground. For instance, we have Elad out on the ground with the People's Convoy tracking this protest as it makes, it makes its way to Washington, D.C. That's all thanks to you. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's talk about the current updates on a potential threat of World War III. Now, I will first start by saying many people are like, Tim keeps talking about nuclear war. Well, yeah, I mean, isn't it the most pertinent issue? Should I ignore the prospect of serious international conflict to talk about lesser known stories involved in this conflict? Or should I highlight what may be the most pressing issue, the aversion of any war by any means, any means possible. Of course, I suppose I could not talk about World War III or whatever, but this is, it's the narrative that's, 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 that's everywhere. So I don't know what to tell you. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. The Daily Mail reports Russia's foreign minister warns a third world war will be nuclear and destructive. In a thinly veiled threat for NATO not to get involved in Ukraine, Lavrov said that any future world war will be fought with nuclear weapons, a statement that comes just days after President Vladimir Putin warned that any country sending troops to Ukraine would be met with severe consequences. The foreign minister went on to claim that Moscow was all, was ready to enter a second round of negotiations aimed at achieving peace in Ukraine and, ac- and accused Kiev of deliberately delaying the process at the request of the United States. We are ready for the second round of negotiations, but the Ukrainian side is delaying at the behest of the Americans, said Lavrov. His statement came after U.S. President Joe Biden said yesterday, uh, uh, President Joe Biden yesterday used his State of the Union address to brand Putin as a Russian dictator and declare that Moscow is more isolated than ever. As he added, to already strict Western sanctions with the closure of U.S. airspace airspace to all Russian flights. A Russian source close to negotiation said that the second round of talks was supposed to take place later today, close to the Belarusian-Polish border, after an initial attempt at diplomacy concluded on Monday. Lavrov this morning also sought to justify the invasion of Ukraine by saying Russia's forces will not allow Ukraine to obtain nuclear weapons. Now, I gotta say, I'm gonna call BS on that one. First, yes, World War III, I believe, will be nuclear. It is stated that... uh, um, I suppose this is Strasshow generational theory that every conflict will be fought with the most powerful weapons at the time. Of course, this includes social media and propaganda, which we are we are witnessing, but it does include nuclear weapons. And I believe Russia has the capability and the willingness to use them if they have to. I don't think that's a thinly veiled threat necessarily. You have Lavrov basically telling you the truth. If this escalates into world war, nukes will be used. That's scary stuff, man. But don't play this way. Oh, Ukraine could obtain nuclear weapons. I do not believe that Russia genuinely fears that. I believe Russia is angry they're losing the influence war and that Ukraine is more interested in joining with the EU, especially now more than ever. 
And that means Russia had no choice because their influence had waned and their cultural influence has, influence had waned, but to go in boots on the ground. I think it was a mistake, but they put us and everyone else in a very screwed up position. Engage a madman and face nuclear war or allow him to invade and take Ukraine? Rock in a hard place. I don't like the idea of sitting back and letting it happen. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step-by-step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. But I really do not like the idea of, of engaging, intervening in a foreign war, country not on our borders, and then potentially starting World War III. But the risk remains that if Russia is not satisfied and they do enter Moldova or even press on Poland, then we have World War III no matter what we want. That's the dangerous reality of this. Now, in this story from the Daily Mail, an op-ed, Putin is not crazy and the Russian invasion is not failing. The West's delusions about this war and its failure to understand the enemy will prevent it from saving Ukraine, writes military analyst Bill Rogio. I completely agree. Bill Rogio is a senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies and editor at FDD's Long War Journal. From 91 to 97, Rogio served as a signalman and infantryman in the U.S. Army and New Jersey National Guard, and I think he's correct. We don't understand Russia. When Tucker Carlson tries to come out and say, here's what Putin is thinking, he gets mocked and says he's pushing Putin's talking points. No, we need to understand the enemy if we're going to win this one. And I think when you understand the enemy, you'll realize they're willing to sacrifice everything for what they want, be it favorable oil policies, be it more resources for their homeland, and be it the rebuilding of the Russian empire. Bill says, a more sober analysis shows that Russia may have sought a knockout blow, but always had well-laid plans for follow-on assaults if its initial moves proved insufficient. The world has underestimated Putin before, and those mistakes have led in part to this tragedy in Ukraine. We must be clear-eyed now that the war is underway. Yet even the professionals at the Pentagon are letting sympathy cloud their judgment. Just two days into Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the DOD briefers were quick to claim that failing to take Kiev in the opening days of the war amounted to a serious setback. DOD briefers implied that Russia's offensive was well behind schedule or had even failed because the capital had not fallen. But U.S. leaders should not should have learned to restrain their hopes after the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Once again, 
U.S. and Western officials are falling into the trap of failing to understand the enemy and his objectives. Allegedly, Putin believed that the Ukrainian government would collapse once Russian troops crossed the frontier and pushed into Kiev, and that the operation has failed because the Ukrainian government remains in place. Putin certainly hoped for a swift victory, but he, he clearly was not relying on his opening salvo as the only plan for success. Rather, the Russian military prepared to take the country by force if a swift decapitation strike fell short. This kind of plan should be familiar to Americans who remember the invasion of Iraq. In the first hours of the war, the U.S. Air Force launched its shock and awe campaign in an attempt to kill Saddam and other key leaders and bring down the government. Saddam survived, but the U.S. military was fully prepared to follow up with a ground assault. A look at the Russian military offensive demonstrates there was a plan for a full-scale invasion, which Russia is now executing. Conventional mechanized warfare is a time and resource-consuming enterprise, and an operation of this scope isn't cobbled together in days. The Russian offensive is taking place on four separate fronts. On a fifth front in eastern Ukraine, which Putin declared independent last week, Russian forces are, t are tying down Ukrainian troops that are needed elsewhere. The bulk of the Russian forces are advancing southward from Belarus to Kiev. Russian advanced forces, including air, mobile, and reconnaissance troops, have been engaged with Ukrainian troops outside Kiev since the start of the war. A massive column of Russian troops, estimated at over 40 miles long, is just 20 miles north of Kiev, and is likely assembling to surround the capital. If Russian forces can take Kiev and push southward to link up with force on the Crimean front, thus splitting Ukraine in two, it would be a major blow to the, to the Zelensky government. What matters more than a handful of setbacks is that Russian forces have pushed 70 miles into contested terrain in less than a week and are on the outskirts of the capital. So they can come out and they can say all that they want to say about Russia losing. But my friends, it's getting bad. In this post from the command of the Special Operations Forces of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, they have said, from now on, there will be no more captured Russian artillerymen, no mercy, no please do not kill, I surrender, will not pass. Each calculation, no matter, commander, driver, gunner, loader, will be slaughtered like pigs. Piss in your pants, we've already come for you. Some have stated, this is a declaration of war crimes. You want to talk about what war really is, my friends, you're reading it. And I'm not talking about Putin getting any special passes. Certainly, there are accusations of war crimes on his assaults as well. But war crimes only exist in this farcical idea of gentlemanly global conflict. If Vladimir Putin wants to take Ukraine, do you think he will stop at the sight of there is a child in a building? I certainly don't think so. And civilians have died. It's disgusting. And that's why I think Ukraine does need some kind of support. What that is, I don't know. And I certainly think Russia is in the wrong to an extreme degree. For Ukraine to come out now and take this stance shows you what really matters. What matters is winning by any means necessary. So you can come out and say in the, artic in the articles of the Hague or the Geneva Conventions, we agree to this, that, or otherwise. Then go look at actual war. Yeah, this idea of, oh, but if we do engage in war, we'll follow these rules. B.S. The U.S. launched missile strikes. Trump did because of gas attacks on civilians. When it comes to warfare, you think despots or desperate people care? Do you think they're going to sit back and say, you know, I might lose this one. And, and so be it because I don't want to cross the line my enemy has set for me. 
Do you think Russia cares about the G Geneva Conventions? No, they want to win. They don't care about the opinions of NATO or Brussels. They want to win. Do you think Ukraine cares? They're not a member of NATO. They're being crushed by Russia and very well may lose. You think they care about your rules? They are going to parade around POWs. They are going to make, here, here we go. We were sent as cannon fodder. We we're killing peaceful people. Weeping Russian POWs say they had no idea. They were being sent to a war and were made to attack people defending their territory. I believe to a degree that's true. As we already read, Russia probably thought they'd go in and people would be like, I don't want to fight. They thought it would be like, uh, like Crimea, perhaps. Now, I don't believe it's completely true because in Donetsk and Luhansk, the Donbass region, there's resistance. Russia certainly must have known this would happen. Maybe these troops didn't know. But I'll tell you what gets me is Ukraine using POWs on camera for propaganda. Not a fan. State your case. Mention you've captured POWs. But I'm not a fan of this propaganda stuff. But as I stated, do you think they care? Now, according to the Geneva Conventions, there is something about keeping POWs out of public curiosity. I don't know if this qualifies. Some have said using POWs for propaganda purposes is wrong. I don't know. I can just say it's not so simple to claim that uh, um, we know how this is going to play out. Nobody does. I do think it's fair to say Russia has substantially uh, a substantially larger military and by any reasonable assessment should likely win this conflict and get what they want. That is to say, maybe with some collateral damage. But where, where, where are we? Where are we? CNBC reports Ukraine is winning the information war against Russia to a certain degree for sure, but they're being aided by Western um, agencies as well as private groups. You may have seen that I was trending on Twitter. Yes, there are bots and sock puppets. They exist and they want you to be manipulated emotionally supporting their war. They think they can manipulate me into backing off of my opinions. Shove it. It ain't going to happen. I heavily criticized a clip from CNN of a translator crying as Zelensky says that we don't want our children to die. I respect the statement from Zelensky 100%. He's correct. I don't believe that Zelensky saying war is wrong and civilians should not die. I don't see that as an appeal to emotion. I see that as an appeal to reason, logic, and goodness. The appeal to emotion that I criticized was when the interpreter began crying because it wasn't the first time we've seen this. Similar thing happened with a German translator who began crying when reading a statement from Zelensky. I will not be manipulated by your crying translators or your propaganda. I will certainly call it out. But that's bad. It's bad for the West. I get it. I don't care. I want Ukraine to win this one. I want Zelensky to win this one. I want Putin to back off. I want him out of Ukraine. But you will not earn my respect by trying to trick me into supporting your intervention in this conflict. You want to come to me and say, we laid out the case and here's the issue. And I will say, I get it. And I'll tell you right now, it's very simple to me. I believe in justice. And I've seen Russia invade Ukraine and they are wrong. They started a fight. They should not be involved in. The people of Ukraine should not be dealing with this. But again, it's propaganda. It's manipulation. Displaying POWs, I find disgusting. Ukraine winning the war, they say. CNBC reports Ukraine is winning the war for hearts and minds as its soldiers and civilians fight back against Russian forces. The victory at its, this early stage gives it some on the ground advantages like stronger support from countries sympathetic to its cause. Fact. 
Russia's information battle seems to be very different from Ukraine's as it struggles to quell opposition at home. Also true. We're hearing that uh, uh, Russian state media, look at this one. Russian trust in Putin has surged since the invasion of Ukraine. Study claims support is up from 60 to 71%. But they say the firm that did it is state owned. So I don't know. Why should I trust CNN? Certainly, I'm not going to trust RT or Sputnik or Russia's media. I certainly would like to hear what they're saying and then make my own assessment. I don't like propaganda. I like honest, honesty facts. And it's simple. Russia invaded. We're done. We're done. I don't see any other, I don't see a need for any, any other propaganda to be like Russia invaded this country. Perhaps they're trying to drum up support, proclaiming there's a genocide going on so that we agree with, with a U.S. boots on the ground invasion. We got U.S. troops in Poland and they're probably providing some support already. I just don't want to see this become a nuclear war. Now take a look at this from the BBC. Russian news agency deletes victory editorial. This one's fascinating. The BBC reports a Russian news agency has published and deleted an article prematurely praising Russia's success in invading Ukraine. I've seen the Internet Archive translated it. It's very strange. Maybe they were getting ready for what's called a pre-write. Someone writes an article and then as soon as news breaks, they can publish it and it's ready to go. Pre-writes are considered very unethical. But typically people do it for obituaries, which is mostly fine. You prepare an obituary. But pre-writes are typically considered wrong. You write two articles, you wait for an outcome, you publish one. Creepy. Seems like Russia is playing the propaganda game. Let's be real. They have every reason to do so. But I also want to say that people have a right to knowledge. They have a right to information. And you have a right to determine who you trust. Lindsay Snell, a journalist I believe is based in uh, Turkey right now. I'm not entirely sure where uh, Lindsay is based out of. Twitter ban on RT in the EU now implemented. I'm sure such measures will have no deleterious effect on freedom of expression here in the long run. Yeah, sarcasm. Banning RT? Take a look at this. On Twitter, it says RT.com's account has been withheld in Portugal, Finland, Sweden, Ireland, Slovenia, Czech Republic, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Italy, Malta, Germany, Greece, Romania, Netherlands, Bulgaria, Austri- Austria, Luxembourg, Latvia, Denmark, Lithuania, Croatia, Estonia, Cyprus, France, Spain, Belgium, in response to a legal demand. I think it's wrong. Let Putin speak. Let's hear what he has to say. He invaded and we know it. When Lavrov comes out and he's like, well, you know, we, we didn't want Ukraine to have nuclear weapons. I laugh at the prospect. I laugh. What about Latvia and Estonia? They're on your border. They're NATO, they're NATO countries. Don't give me this. I don't buy it. And when he says it, I believe it just discredits them outright. Propaganda, manipulation and control. I love this one from The Guardian. Why Vladimir Putin has already lost this war? He did, did he? The Russians may yet conquer Ukraine, but Ukrainians have shown in the past they will not let them hold it. Oh, wait, so you mean to say that Russia may actually conquer Ukraine? Okay, sure. From the New York Mag, the war in Ukraine looks unwinnable for everyone. Oh, and this one, they say no one's going to win. I think that's actually a fair assessment because they say when you get into a pissing contest, nobody wins and everyone gets pissed on. I believe that's a reality here. Nobody's going to win here. But maybe that's what Russia's plan really is. Russia knew they were going to lose, and they said, take a stalemate. Russia's willing to make very serious sacrifices to make sure that the West, NATO, the U.S. doesn't win. In which case, that could be seen as some kind of victory for Russia. A big ask, as it were. Go in for the conquer, but when you lose, at least you stopped the West. To me, that's, that's horrifying. Now, where do we go in the long run? Take a look at this where the war goes. 
Biden to tout chip investments in State of the Union address. He did. He said we're investing in silicon chips because demand is too high. To me, this signals we're going to lose Taiwan. And that makes me wonder about what happens with Ukraine. It makes me wonder about the U.S., the stability of the U.S., and the control that the U.S. can have over the world. And it seems like um, not for long. Let's talk about how this is impacting civilians. From TimCast.com. Former U.S. ambassador to Russia, Michael McFaul, claims there are no innocent Russians. Former U.S. ambassador is facing extreme pushback from all over the political spectrum. Many people responded to his tweet pointing out this is the same logic that has long emboldened terror organizations. Michael McFaul tweeted, There are no more innocent neutral Russians anymore. Everyone has to make a choice. Support or oppose this war. The only way to end this war is if hundreds of thousands, not thousands, protest against the senseless war. Putin can't arrest you all. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Journalist Ali Ahmed, who, who exposed the Pentagon's botched translation of the Bin Laden tape in December of 2001 and discovered the video, video of Daniel Pearl's murder, responded to McFall by pointing out this logic was the same as the Al-Qaeda leader. Others pointed to the sharp turn McFall has made from previous tweets, where he claimed that citizens are not responsible for their leader's actions. He tweeted, I'm always careful to criticize Putin's policies, but not Russian people. Pundits and politicians must try harder to distinguish between criticisms of Xi's policies and the Chinese people. Glenn Greenwald said no such thing as an innocent Russian person anymore, says Obama's former ambassador. Seems like that premise, if accepted, could lead to some extremely dark places. Regardless of the outcomes, the claim itself is noxious. Well, here we go. Iron Man Triathlon. triathlon. They, they've issued a statement saying they stand in solidarity with the people of Ukraine, their athletes and community, and condemns the actions dictated by Russian leadership. In line with the recommendation of the International Olympic Committee and the World Triathlon regarding, uh, World Triathlon regarding the participation, participation of Russia and Belarusian athlete, athletes in international competition, the Ironman group effective immediately will disallow participation of Russian and Belarusian Russian athletes in the 2022 Ironman, 70.3 World Championships in St. George, Utah, and two Ironman World Championship events taking place in St. George, Utah, and Kona, Hawaii. We have this from Axios. EA Sports to remove Russian teams from FIFA NHL video game. Why? What is the purpose of this? To me, I find it all very strange. We've heard claims that Russians should be banned from colleges. Russian, Russian citizens should be deported. 
vandalism of Russian American clubs. It's it's insane. Are we to believe that the people in America who are, who are of Russian descent are a threat to us? Is there something we should do to make sure they, they don't sabotage? Perhaps they should be put in camps? It's horrifying, isn't it? Let's talk about real war. In World War II, the U.S. put Japanese people in internment camps over fears that some of them could be spies or saboteurs. In Ukraine, when the war broke out, it was reported that there were Russian special forces already operating in the heart of Ukraine. And there were several attacks in several major cities. That is to suggest that there were infiltrators already. This is why you have war hysteria. It's why people make camps. It's why there's just just you get it. Because they're concerned that these people who are Russian are, are loyal to Putin. And is this what they've been building us up to? This has been the goal of, of all of this. Glenn Greenwald says a large online site for live, live sports scores for multiple sports announces it will, for the foreseeable future, exclude all scores for any competitions which include Russian athletes. It's downright insane. It's downright insane. I like this post from Matthew Iglesias. He says, I'm in D.C., so I figure the nuclear blast is going to take me out. But if I lived someplace more plausibly survivable, I'd try to make sure I knew something about how to grow potatoes. Good point, Matthew. We're um, very far outside of the blast radius of D.C., but um, we're far enough away, but still within a target zone of any kind of nuclear attack. Matthew Iglesias uh, posts this PrepperFortress.com map of nuclear targets, and you can see that there are many. Apparently, Oregon is the best place to be because they have the least nuclear targets, no shelter required. But if you are in West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, D.C., you need a shelter. Now, I will point out this map is kind of hard to read, but we can see that in the area of uh, uh, northern Maryland, uh, northwest Maryland and West Virginia, you only need about a couple days of shelter. So I think we're pretty good there in the event of a nuclear attack. But the question is, would Russia nuke D.C.? I believe the answer is no. I really do not believe it. Vladimir Putin wants to win a war. He doesn't want to blow up millions of civilians. That means that if this is going to be a nuclear war, we are going to see tactical deployment of nuclear weapons and artillery, gravity bombs. I don't know about ICBMs. We may see like a, a multiple independently targeting reentry vehicle, a MIRV but not used to wipe out cities. That doesn't seem to make sense. Vladimir Putin wants to control what he wants to control. Certainly, hitting DC in the digital era would not stop anything. But Vladimir Putin could target military sites throughout Europe with one or two uh, nukes. Submarines are poised around coasts, and they're more likely going to try to stop military power as opposed to bomb civilians. That is to say, I don't think we're going to see nukes hitting D.C. I don't believe that makes sense. If you go back to the Cold War, centralized communications were really important. I mean, that's what we had. Communication was centralized. So although we had like emergency bunkers and designated survivors and things like that, if Russia in, say, the 60s were to nuke D.C., yeah, it would basically cripple the United States. If someone were to nuke D.C. today, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't. That's why January 6th was stupid. 
These people thought going into a, polit- a government building would change anything. Government can operate from anywhere, can communicate from anywhere. If, if, if a nuke dropped on D.C., they'd pop up in, I don't know, Denver and just be like, we're operating as normal. We've got our, our chamber set up. And, and, and I'll be honest, I'm willing to bet the U.S. has voting chambers for the Senate, for the House, for the, for the Supreme Court, and for the federal government as contingency uh, plans, probably in other locations. In the event of a nuclear strike, the government, I assure you, can operate and function as is, um, even if cities get hit. That's possible. They may try to hit cities or cities could receive could be collateral damage. I don't see why they'd strike New York. I don't see why we'd strike Moscow. I think the theater for this war will remain in Eastern Europe, but that could ultimately resolve in serious damage in Europe. I don't know that it will hit anything outside of Europe. So it's bad news for a very dense civilian population in the European continent. In the end, I can say we'll see how it plays out and I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at uh, youtube.com slash timcast IRL at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Last night was the State of the Union address from President Joe Biden. We enjoyed ourselves a little drinking game over at Timcast IRL. Cracked open some beers. Lauren Southern basically just slammed a bunch of beers regardless of the drinking game we were playing, but we all had a really good time. We had bingo cards that if Biden did or said certain things, you get to mark them off. And it was like, if he said our democracy or if only Democrats were clapping, what was one if... um if it was uh, tripping. And I think Nancy Pelosi did. So we're like, we'll take it. We'll take it. You know, it wasn't Joe Biden, but you know, so we had a good time. And um, I think the most important part of the night was uh, on our bingo cards. We had Biden uses fake words. And the question there was if he intentionally made up a word or if he just said a fake word. And so we all agreed that when Joe Biden said the word clown feck, Okay, we d- we decided that was a fake word. What he meant to say was conflict. But Joe Biden said clown fic. Now, there's a bunch of moments of the night where what we're getting with Joe Biden is great value MAGA. He said he wanted to secure the borders, that he was a capitalist. He wanted to fund the cops. And I got to tell you, it's as disingenuous as they come. They know their polls are tanking. So I'll, I'll show you their polls among independent voters. They're desperate to win them back. And it's not going to work. But that being said, we'll get into all that. The most important part of the night in terms of Joe Biden screwing up was when he referred to Ukrainians as Iranians. I'm not kidding. Now, Ian on the show said he thought it was Uranians. And the Daily Wire agrees. The Daily Wire believes Joe Biden said Uranians. But I think in the context of of words that exist, Uranian, Iranian, Uranian, like it's really close to being the same word if you said Iranian. I think he said Iranian, and I'll tell you why he may have said Uranian, like trying to say Ukrainian, but he said Uranian. Uh, the reason I think it's, it's, it's Iranian is because that's a real place and a real people. And I'll tell you why that's, this is one of the most dangerous things he could have said. There was a moment where uh, Joe Biden was speaking, I think it was at the G7, and he was talking about Syria, we think, and he kept saying Libya. Now, the problem is, if we as the American people or NATO or the G7 nations or the UN have to guess what we think Joe Biden is talking about when he refers to large countries and millions of people, yo, eventually someone's going to get hurt. So I'll tell you, 
When Joe Biden was saying Libya over and over again, and the media was like, he meant to say Syria. You don't know that. You don't know that. And if the president says Libya, who are you to decide what he really said? And that's what's happening. So maybe Joe Biden literally meant to say Iranians. And we're just going like, oh, silly Joe, he gaffed again. Axio says Biden calls Ukrainians Iranians during State of the Union. You don't know that. You don't. You, he, he said the Iranian people. Why would you assume he meant anything else? Now, that's crazy. We have a bunch of viral moments out of the State of the Union. And let me just stress plagiarism across the board. One of the things we had on our bingo cards was if Joe Biden plagiarizes. Now, unfortunately, our crew here who uh, drew up the cards wrote plagiarize because I don't know how to spell plagiarize, I guess. But bless their little hearts. Um, but Joe Biden not only plagiarized the core of his entire State of the Union address, basically being great value MAGA, like you go to Walmart and you got Donald Trump and then you got Joe Biden's brand of MAGA. He, aside from that, he actually took a quote from uh, Donald Trump where he said the State of the Union is strong. Jo uh, I think it was the, the quote was Donald Trump said the State of the Union is strong because the American people are strong. And Joe Biden said the State of the Union is strong because you, the American people, are strong or something to that effect. Outright plagiarism. And, and, and we know it. Now, the question is, stealing Donald Trump's platform, will it work? Dare I say, no, my friends, it won't. And the reason is, as I explained last night on IRL, Joe Biden is the man himself who has been captured pooping on my lawn. And so when he comes to my house and says, vote for me and I'll make sure no one poops on your lawn, I'm like, bro, I have you on camera. It's you doing it. The borders are weak because of you. Inflation is bad because of you. COVID deaths because of you. You don't get to come to me now and say, I'll fix it all. You didn't fix it in the first place. You made it worse. That was the analogy I use. Imagine your neighbor takes a crap on your lawn and then you're like, what are you doing? And then he shows up one day like, I'm running for city council. If you vote for me, I'll stop the crap on your lawn. It's like, yo, yo I'm not going to empower you. You're the guy who did it. I'm going to vote for the other guys. who's going to arrest you for doing it. So this is what's truly amazing. Joe Biden, let me tell you, let me, let me back up what I just said with some reasoning. Inflation. Joe Biden and the Democrats have been very much in favor of the mass printing of money and, and mass spending, dumping trillions of dollars into the economy, which contributes to inflation. Joe Biden has been pro lockdown and pro mask early in the year. Granted, it's all kind of uh, early last year. It is wrapping up this year. I think they realized the polling was bad. That's why they're changing their tune. But it was uh, Democrat governors, the Democratic establishment as to why the economy was doing so miserably. Not 100 percent. Obviously, COVID and war plays a role. I can't blame Biden for all of it. And I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to say that he plays a role in this. And if he is a contributing factor, I'm not going to support him in trying to fix his own mistakes. If I hire a plumber and he breaks my toilet, I'm not going to be like, well, here's some more money. Keep at it. I'm going to be like, call a different plumber. Get someone else out here. Let's talk about COVID. Now, operating on the entire narrative from the establishment, this is, this is what we're going for. You have COVID is very serious. We have an opportunity to end COVID through the vaccine. Joe Biden wants to take credit for this. Donald Trump's the one who pushed Operation Warp Speed to get the vaccine done and ready. So sorry, Joe, that's not on you. But Donald Trump did hand you 
the keys to the solution based on the establishment narrative of how we solve the problem, mass vaccination. I'm saying that because you go talk to your doctor, figure out what's right with you, right for, you know, right for you, as I always say. But if they believe that was the key, Donald Trump helped produce it, hands it to Joe Biden. And then in 2021, we had more COVID, I believe COVID cases and deaths than the previous year when there was no vaccine. And COVID was deadlier in 2020 based on, this, on, on the science coming out of the CDC. As time goes on, COVID becomes more virulent, but less deadly. So somehow, as it was getting easier for Joe Biden and being given the vaccine, several of them, it was still worse. I can't blame Joe Biden for everything. I can certainly say he was given the opportunity to solve it, and he didn't. When he goes up there and he says the Iranian people, I'm not going to assume he means anything but the Iranian people. I'm not sure what the context is, but that's irrelevant to me. If Joe Biden goes and speaks with world leaders and says, we're, we're going to pledge 30, $30 billion in arms to the Iranian people. And then Iran's like, OK. And then Israel's like, what? And it makes people panic and freak out and be like, you can't say that. What did you mean by that? Joe Biden, by saying that could cause an international incident. Let me stress we are talking about Poland and NATO providing arms and weapons to Ukrainians. And Joe Biden said Iranians. Imagine you get some like intern and they're like, you know, fill out the requisition form for armaments being sent to uh, our, our, our allies. And then, the, the, you know, the, the, the intern's like, OK, I, I got the form. And um, Joe, what did you want me to fill out? And Joe Biden's like, we're going we're gonna to be sending one billion dollars in guaranteed loans to the Iranian people. And the intern's like, Iranian people, you got it, Joe. I'd like to imagine there's some checks and balances in the federal government. And, uh, and there are. But imagine this. There's a couple scenarios. One, someone intervenes and says, no, 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 not the Iranian people. He meant Ukrainian. And the intern goes, okay. Not that an in I'm, I'm, I'm being obviously facetious and hyperbolic to a certain degree. But imagine someone working in the Fed just says, Iranian people, you got it. And then imagine someone else comes and says, the president meant Ukrainian. And they go, oh, OK, and change it. That's scary, too. Joe Biden could come out and give an order and say this country and someone could go, I'm going to go ahead and assume he means a different country. And then they send weapons to the wrong country. This is the problem with a president who can't speak. One of our bingo uh, 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 places, whatever, I don't play bingo, whatever, bingo squares was Joe Biden using fake words. And for the first like 15 minutes, we're all staring at each other because Joe Biden kept saying things that weren't real words. And we were like, is he using fake words or is he just like garbling when he would say things like, you know, he, he, would, he, he wouldn't necessarily say a, a fake word. He would just like, like, and we'd be like, wait, what? What did he say? We think we see said for freedom. And we're like, did he say freedom or freedom? I don't know. But then when he said clown fact, we were like, oh, clown fact, not a real word. I love how, uh, take, take a look at Axios. They say, don't forget, Biden as a child struggled with a stutter. He endured bullying until he worked to overcome his, the speech condition by reciting the words of Yeats and Emerson in the mirror. That is not why Joe Biden said Iranians, okay? Maybe sundowning. Now, my friends. It is not all bad. I don't want to act like his speech was just absolutely the worst. Truth be told, Joe Biden actually said a lot of really good things. 
and I'm going to give it to him. Then again, like I said, he's the guy crapping on my lawn. I certainly wouldn't vote for him. But when Joe Biden comes out to the nation and says, secure our borders, capitalism good, fund the police, I'm like, well then, interesting. Because what that's going to do is it's going to shift the narrative at the national scale. It is a major detriment to the woke cult in the culture where he's abandoned the far left. I'm happy to see it. Not that I think he's a good dude or worth voting for, but they're certainly trying to earn those points. Now, I'm not entirely a fan of the idea of funding the police after everything we've seen, but shifting the narrative I can respect. I actually, and I always clarify this, I do think policing is good. I do think police are overwhelmingly good. But in the past couple of years, what we've seen with the politicization of policing with Black Lives Matter and the January 6th defendants, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to support policing right now. Absolutely not. It's become too political. And maybe it's time we do need to clean house in some in some way. Let's talk about what Joe Biden wants. NBC New York says Biden wants to secure the border and fix the immigration system. Really? That one was amazing. You know why this was like one of the most amazing points of the State of the Union address? Because Joe Biden was like, Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring. And I've nominated, you know, Supreme Court Justice Circuit Court who's got the the endorsement of the fraternal order of the police. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, and and we got to secure our borders. And I'm just like, wait, wait, what? Total non sequitur. Like out of nowhere, he just randomly jumps to secure our borders. I was talking about a Supreme Court justice. And the reason this stuck out to us because on our bingo cards, we had race card pandering, like wokeness and newspeak. So hearing him talk about, you know, his plans for a black female Supreme Court justice, which is, you know, basically, you know, race card issues. Now, now with full respect to the uh, the judge who was um, nominated, I don't I don't care about her gender or race. I mean, I'm sure some people uh, would. I care about her credentials. And from what I understand, her credentials are fantastic. And the Fraternal Order of Police endorsing it. OK, fine. You know, there you go. So uh, I mean, this in no way is disrespect to uh, the, 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 the great judge who has been nominated. And I'll see how she does. And I'll take a look at some of her rulings. And I, I, I actually, this is why I don't like race card issues, because I feel like it does detract from people of great talent and skill, which is the problem. I look for meritocracy. I see somebody who seems to have it. It's not like I've read the story of this woman's life. So but that's what we were looking for. Is Joe Biden going to try and pander to critical race theory and use newspeak or anything like that? Newspeak. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply.
And then all of a sudden he just jumps to securing the border. And it was funny because Lauren Southern, you know, just drunkenly yells out based. Wow. Drunkenly cheering on Joe Biden. Well, my point here is I think it's a good thing. When you have people like uh, Lauren, who has been accused of being alt-right and a white nationalist and all that stuff, which is just not true. Certainly, Lauren, uh, my opinion of her is that she's a nationalist and populist, but not white nationalist, not alt-right or anything like that. They just do that. They use that as a smear to try and discredit. But, you know, I got to be honest, like I care about what those people are saying. Like I'm trending on Twitter right now over what like, I don't care what these people think. I really don't. This country is split in half. But, but you know, uh, Lauren has been smeared and lied about for simply talking about the issues of immigration. And you, you, you even go as far as to exp- explain the view of one of the political factions. They'll accuse you of supporting them. That being said, Lauren didn't get, did get on a boat in the Mediterranean. And I believe she, tr- it's been a long time, tried to block one of these uh, trafficking vehicles. So, you know, a bit more activisty in that regard than just being a documentarian. But to say it's motivated, uh, motivated by uh, racism or anything like that, that's, 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 that's assumption. That's making things up. We don't know. I say the same thing for when people are accusing these, these Canadians of being Nazis or whatever. And I'm like, look, man, unless someone comes out and they espouse and advocate for an overt ideology, I'm not interested in playing that game. But it was funny when Lauren yelled based. So Joe Biden wants to secure our borders. And this is why I said he was crapping on my lawn. It is the Biden administration that has that has allowed this porous border. It's the Biden administration that is that is trafficking illegal immigrant children throughout this country. And then he has the gall to get up there and be like, I want to secure our borders. No, you're the guy who's crapping on my lawn, not the guy who's going to stop you from crapping on my lawn. Sorry, I won't be voting for you. But here's where it gets real good. Joe Biden is not going to gain any moderate voters from this, in my opinion. He's only going to lose far left voters. Black Lives Matter tweeted POV listening to Biden declare the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. And then there's a, a, a sad looking Maxine Waters. Yeah, Joe Biden did say that. And Black Lives Matter is upset. Well, they wanted people to uh, uh, vote for, for Joe Biden. All of these lefties who are like, Joe Biden's going to going to going to end student loan debt. One of my favorite memes is it says if Democrats were really rigging elections, we'd have universal health care and clean energy and a clean environment. And I and, stu- and student loan debt would be forgiven. And I laughed because I'm like to the people posting it. You really think Democrats want those things? Wake up. No, they don't. This is one of the reasons why I voted for Trump in 2020. Not that he's the best guy on the planet. Actually, I think he's kind of a bad dude in a lot of ways. But he was certainly better than the establishment that just spits on you and then lies, takes a piss and then claims it's raining. Donald Trump was like, he lied about weird things about his ego, but he didn't lie about things that were important. Like we're selling weapons to to Saudi Arabia. It's going to be great for the economy. And we're all just, that was such a a, a profound moment for me watching Trump say that, you know, because I think war is awful. I condemn Vladimir Putin, um, you know, my support to the Ukrainian people in this, in this dire time, but I don't want to see intervention or escalation. I don't know how you solve the problem. I'm not going to sit here and be like the U S should, should start, should start a war with Russia because Russia started a war. More war is not the solution. I don't know what is. I think the Ukrainian people are going to have to uh, just resist 
And it's very difficult. It is. Because I, like I, li I like Ukraine. You know, I think it's an amazing country. And I know people there, and I, and I want them to succeed, and I want them to be free. But, you know, there's a war going on. I don't know how you solve for these problems. Anyway, I digress. You know, taking a look at what Joe Biden's doing, what he's saying, here's one, quote, I'm a capitalist, but capitalism without competition is not capitalism. You are correct, good sir. It's exploitation and it drives up prices. Boy, did he abandon the far left last night. Good on you, Joe Biden. Not for good reasons, but whatever. Here's the point I was making. If he's going to come out and say I'm a capitalist, if he's going to come out and say that he wants to secure the border and fund the police, the likelihood then of uh, the likelihood diminishes of censorship for us when we talk about very important issues. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I'm not saying Joe Biden is being honest. But if Joe Biden says secure the borders, well, then you're less likely to, you're less likely to be censored because the people who are supporting the Democratic establishment are now moving in that direction. And why? Well, I have the data right here for you. Do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden's handling his job as president among independent voters? 23% approval. Yeah, Joe Biden, Democrats ain't going to be winning any elections on that one. You need independent voters. Here we have favorable opinion or unfavorable of Democratic Party, 21% favorable. That was the play last night. They know Donald Trump's MAGA platform worked. They're trying to be diet MAGA so that they can win over people who thought Trump had good policies, but a potty mouth. And many people do. I hope you're paying attention, man. This, this, this could play well for Biden. I think, however, my view is there's going to be a lot of people who say my gas prices are too high. Inflation is too high. I do not trust you to solve the problem, Joe Biden. Under Donald Trump, we had, quote, Jim Cramer, the best numbers of our lives. Under Donald Trump, did I say Donald Trump? Jim Cramer said the best numbers of our lives. Under Joe Biden, it's been miserable. Everything is objectively worse. So he can come out with every platitude and promise. I ain't buying it. Nah, man. I think there were a lot of problems in 2020, and that was under Trump with, with COVID, but it was Democrat governors who were pushing a lot of the stuff, locking things down and hurting our economy. And Republicans did too, because uh, I don't think the Republicans are good. I saw a meme and it said, because the Bible says you can't charge interest or whatever, Democrats should propose uh, uh, suspending or abolishing interest rates on student loan debt and then quote the Bible and try and get and then, and then get Republicans to vote it down or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't think they understand Republicans at all. You know, I will say I believe the establishment Republicans, same as establishment Democrats, would never allow that. But I would not I would be willing to bet populist right wing Republicans would take a look at a bill to get rid of student loan interest rates and be like, OK, because here's my view when it comes to student loans. They're predatory. We manipulate young people in this country into taking them on. We can say for sure you signed it. It's your responsibility. And I agree with that. So here's what I say. Get rid of the predatory element of it. Pay back what you owe. And there you go. We're good. We're square, right? If you get a loan for 30 grand, pay back the 30 grand. You borrowed money. But if there's interest rates on top, I say we get rid of them. And I'd be willing to bet a lot of populist right-wing individuals do too, because we want we don't want young people to embrace government uh, like communism. So sometimes it's, 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 it's the Chinese finger trap problem. You got to give a little to get more. The idea being, this is the way I see it. If college students can never break this debt cycle, 
I know people who got $30,000 loans and now owe like 100000 because of interest rates going up because the economy, they haven't been able to find work. And you can, you can say whatever you want. The point is that shouldn't be. You pay back what you owe, maybe, may, maybe not compounding interest, maybe just a flat uh, interest on uh, you know, inflation for the amount was, that was spent. So it's like you take out $30,000 and you owe an extra 1500 on top. Just that, you know, flat interest fee. Get rid of the interest rates. Let people pay down what they owe. Otherwise, my fear is if the debt keeps accruing and they become effectively indentured servants who can, who can never find a way out, y'all, you're going to get communism. They're going to revolt, burn things down, and then they're going to vote in communists. Give them the opportunity to earn money and learn responsibility. That's the way I see it. So I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think people on the left truly understand what the what the modern populist right wants. But this is important as well. It means the right needs to, in, to needs to primary and get rid of all of the establishment Republican uh, incumbents. Get them out. Step in. Bring in some America first populist types. Bring in people who are willing to support young working class people and find a solution for them. Tell them you will help them out. We don't want communism. Joe Biden apparently doesn't either, but I don't believe him. But we'll see how things go. Joe Biden made a lot of promises last night. Didn't talk up a lot of successes, to be honest, because he doesn't have any. We all eventually ended up winning our bingo cards, thanks to the help from the audience who pointed out some of the things we missed. We drank many a beer and had a good time. You can check out the fun night we had um, over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. It's, it's fun. Check it out. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. On Monday night during our show with Lauren Southern on Timcast IRL, we were swatted. Now, when the information came in, I didn't immediately want to say anything. Uh, Lauren had been talking at some point during the show. Lydia, who's producing and, you know, operating the cameras and sound and everything, you know, waved to me, checked my phone and said we were swatted. I didn't want to say anything about it because, you know, to a certain point, okay, we got swatted the first time live on air. The cops came in. We got swatted again. And at that point, I'm like, it's, it's, if it's going to keep happening, we're not going to talk about it. But then we got word that uh, the police were coming, going to be coming into the studio. So I said, okay, get the camera ready. We got swatted and uh, decided to go public with it. Because uh, again, initially, my idea was not say anything during the show because we, we, we've secured everything. Uh, the police have been uh, requested to respond to every call. That uh, no matter what, and they agree it's the right thing to do. Last night during our uh, preparations for the show, we were swatted twice. We were then swatted subsequently a third time. Okay, so uh, this is around, I believe, like 730. We're getting ready to go live on the show. And I believe it's possible uh, it may have something to do with Lauren Southern. I'm not entirely sure. Because the first swatting occurred during the show, and we have in the title on YouTube, Lauren Southern. And then uh, just the other day, for the State of the Union address, we were going to be doing um, this drinking game. We, we launched our uh, live player, the, the, the live stream, early. We didn't go live early, but we created the event, which said drinking game with Lauren Southern. And of course, then we were swatted uh, uh, around like 735 Uh we were then subsequently swatted again. Now, the third swatting may not, might not actually constitute a swatting. Uh, so I'll, I'll get into all of that, but I'll explain what's going on. It was an emergency services call. The image that, I've, that I have up on the screen is grainy because it is zoomed in and cropped quite a bit. 
to protect the privacy of the officer and the privacy uh, of myself. The swatting that occurred last night was not just at our studio where the previous swattings have occurred. The swatting was also at my personal home. As many of you know, I live in West Virginia. I don't live. uh, We have the studio in Maryland and uh, I don't live. uh, Well, I I, I technically I have secondary residence, but my primary residence is West Virginia. I'm a West Virginia resident. Someone got a hold of my personal address and uh, the police showed up armed with short barrel AR-15s. And my understanding is they surrounded the property. Fortunately, no one was there. I'm not the only person who lives there. There are other people who, who stay and, and use the house because we actually have several properties in the area because we're expanding. We also have Freedomistan, as many of you know, which is soon to be my new official uh, primary residence in West Virginia. So now we're in the process of moving. There are other people here. Fortunately, no one was there. Nobody got hurt. The first call was to uh, this property. And the second call was to my my West Virginia property. And the third call was also to the to the studio. Someone called in a gas leak. So it's not necessarily a swatting, but emergency services were actually about to deploy to dispatch. And that's medical and that's fire department. And then I suppose uh, my understanding of what happened is they always do that the police, you know, will come for instances like this in certain circumstances. And I guess they were immediately told this is likely fake. And the police had already been dispatched to check out what was told, told, said to be an assault in progress. And uh, and then the emergency services backed off. So I have some some theories as to, uh, you know, why this is happening. But uh, I, I do have updated information. We have a response from the police. We have a name. And I want to give a special shout out and a thank you to Jeremy Hambly over at The Quartering. Because as it turns out, he's actually dug up some pertinent information that's been corroborated by law enforcement, at least on our end. I don't know what he, I don't know uh, who Jeremy's spoken with, but um, some information has been corroborated and we have a name. The name may be fake. Uh, so uh, Jeremy's also offered up a $10,000 reward. Again, seriously, thanks, dude. I, I appreciate the support in uh, um, highlighting the issue and, uh, you know, working to figure out who it is. Uh, the reason I'm, I'm particularly grateful is that we got new information from our lawyers, from some prominent personalities that I'll, I'll, I'll keep unnamed for the sake of their privacy, but people you probably know who have been helping to figure out what happened, and uh, some FOIA requests, as well as information from the police, some which I think is particularly interesting. Some of the information that we got, uh, uh, I, I want to be vague because I don't want to impede any kind of investigation or hamper Jeremy's efforts, but uh, it seems that Jeremy is actually onto something. And we may actually figure out who's done this. What I will say first and foremost is that uh, the police told us they have a state, California. They have a name, which I won't repeat. I won't say for the sake of you know investigation. California is one of 50 states. So come on. And uh, what they said was it was automated. Now, that's where things get interesting. It was an automated phone call. This means that someone's created a system for swatting. That they can have it dial a number and then it just gives a generic message. Now, the other interesting thing is it appears it's it's not one person who swatted us uh, all three times today. It may actually be three different instances. However, one of the one of these swattings was identical in many ways to a previous swatting. So we believe it's a it, it may be an issue of notoriety. It may be an issue of a botnet or coordinated effort across multiple lines. I don't know for sure because some of the information is being withheld from us. Now, again, the image you see on the screen, I posted on Instagram 
It's an officer holding a short barreled rifle as he's approaching the door to my home. Uh, I'll say I'll, I, I will add to this. People have said not to talk about it. And that's why on Monday when we had Lauren Southern on the show, uh, I was like, I'm not going to say anything about it. I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to rehash it. But once we thought the police were like, we have to go in, I was like, okay, if they're coming in the studio and I can't do anything about it, we'll get the cameras up. However, our staff here were able to uh, uh, intervene. The police, I suppose, you know, met with them and said, okay, we, we, we won't go up. And I'm like, okay, I guess now they're not coming up. But uh, some people did demand proof. And I am a man of my word. I believe proof is very important. Uh, Pixar, it didn't happen. And so I posted this uh, clip from our security footage. I cropped out the officer's face for his privacy. I cropped out a large portion for my privacy. But I wanted to show you this. This really, really happened. Right, I mean, and this is legit. We have a, I have a letter with an update from the first swatting. Now, for those that are not, don't know the context, the first swatting occurred just after we hosted Marjorie Taylor Greene. The second swatting occurred just after we hosted Andy No and James O'Keefe. And I will also add, after this, we had a man come onto our property at the studio. Our driveway is about 1,000 feet long. We have a very, very large no trespassing sign, followed by subsequent you are being filmed and recorded everything you do, and another no trespassing sign. And we've since installed a physical barrier. We do have armed security, so uh, armed guards, so I'll put it that way. And uh, so a lot of people are bringing that up. We, we have armed guards. Police are instructed to respond uh, to every to every instance as, as, as if it's a, a, a serious and legitimate call, and they agree with us. This th There was a man um, who made a YouTube video where he said that uh, he was waiting for security or something to come greet him. And when it didn't happen, he just drove on the property. That's trespassing. But then he entered our house. And that is, I believe, fourth degree burglary, which is, I, be I believe it's a felony. I could be wrong. It might be a misdemeanor. I'm not sure what they're charging him with. I believe they're charging him with a felony. They're taking it very seriously. Uh, I want to make sure there's a, there's a clarification for, for a lot of people. I, I am personally not pressing charges. Like there, there was not a circumstance where I personally was like filing paperwork. What happened was we called the police because of everything that's going on. The police said due to the severity, uh, long story short, because of like the swatting and because of security issues that, um, you know, moving forward would be the right thing to do. And I said, I, I, you know, I, actually, I asked the cop, I'm like, I don't know, you know, Look, I don't want somebody to go to prison because they came here thinking they would get attention or something. I don't know if that's that severe, but uh, what I was told is not up to me. The law is the law, and you have to take it seriously or else. So I'll put it this way. We did call the police. We did report it. The issue is, as I'm, I'm, I'm instructed by, uh, as I've been instructed by law enforcement, if we do not f uh, move forward with contacting police when something like this, this happens, when someone trespasses and then enters the house, we we lose a lot of our legal standing in the event of any serious event in the future. Considering the swatting, I want to make sure everyone understands we have armed guards. We are armed. The police have given us some strict advice on this. If someone enters the property bypassing our no trespassing signs, and at this point now bypassing our physical barrier, if we don't file charges... I should say, you know, it's the state filing charges to clarify. But if we don't provide witness testimony and then follow through at the request of the state, because it's the county attorneys, 
you lose a lot of legal protections. Let's say someone breaks into the house and they're violent and one of our guards takes physical action. Let's not say serious. The person can say, Tim Pool is known to allow people to come here. We don't allow that. And we need to make sure everybody knows and it's clear. Considering now six swattings have occurred and it's, it's, it's over state lines, it's, it's, my understanding is it's state and federal issue. It needs to be expressed, which is one of the reasons I decided to make a video talking about it as much as I really don't like having to do things like this. If you come here, you will not only be charged uh, very much likely at this point with a felony, you could become, you could be seriously hurt. Police have responded on numerous occasions over the past month armed with AR-15s, and it could be the police that hurt you very seriously. So as for the man who trespassed, it's no game. You can't drive a thousand feet up an easement with signs saying no trespassing twice and then walk in the front door while we have guests here. It's a long story, but um, the state is apparently, look, let, let me put it this way. A lot of people have been like, come on, Tim, you're like, this guy shouldn't go to prison over whatever this stuff is. And I'm like, okay, she's just got to understand. Six swattings have occurred. You think me going to the state, the county, the town and the feds when they're pissed off about this? And I'm going to be like, guys, 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 take it easy on this one. They're all they're going to be like, no. The police are spending money sending cops out here. What do you think these cops in West Virginia are thinking, being told to go to a house, rifles drawn, probably worried, trying to save a life, scared about what they could encounter? You think they're going to be like, no, no. What what we've been told, and, you know, I I spoke with these officers, with with one one of these officers in great detail and other officers is they don't care at this point. You, you break the law coming here. You are not just going to get the book. You're getting the bookshelf and maybe the whole library thrown at you. They're pissed off. We've got people who live around us. This is the, this is about 40 minutes from DC, maybe, maybe, maybe an hour from DC, depending on how you're, how you're getting out of here. And you have high powered DC political lawyers, connections with alphabet agencies who live in this area. None of these people are happy. It keeps happening. In fact, they're quite perturbed. And so considering it's now an interstate issue dealing with California. There's a couple other, there's there's another state involved. I don't want to, I'm not going to say too much because, um, you know, I don't want to compromise anything, uh, or, or anything that, you know, Jeremy Hambly may have information on. So let's just say it's, it's, it's across this country. And I think for obvious reason, I mean, Tim Cast IRL is a relatively large show. Uh, people, we, we had a a collective, like 1.2 million people watch last night, tune in at some point. I mean, crazy, crazy views over three hours. So naturally, yeah, and, and, and it may be even extend internationally. I want to give you some updates. I know I'm kind of rambling, ranting, but um, we have a, a, a letter from the county attorney. Uh, I can't show it because there's, there's private information. Uh, there's people involved who are helping us who are, you know, high profile political individuals who provided some excellent expertise on tracking down who these individuals are. I will stress it again. Uh, we have information on who this person is, although I believe the name may be fake. It appears Jeremy Hambly has already uncovered some key information. So I'm thankful that he's working on this, too. And it, it appears that he, his use of his network has provided some excellent details so far. We were denied. Uh, this is important. We were denied specific information regarding uh, what is going on because uh, we're told it could compromise a very serious ongoing investigation. I respect that. I agree with that. 
And I am grateful to the county attorneys in uh, Washington County. Uh, I am I am uh, deeply apologetic to the, off, the, the the sheriff's department in in West Virginia having to deal with this. But thank you guys so much for coming out and uh, um, taking it seriously. Uh, you know, I said it before. I'll say it again. The officers who came here the first time and entered when we told them not to, I'm not happy with. Uh, they claimed exigent circumstances, but they knew it was a swatting or it was a potential swatting. So I think there, that that should have not have occurred. But um, as much as I you know, want to be a bit obstinate on my Fourth Amendment rights and adamant over not allowing police in without a warrant, I have to at least be human and respect that there are many officers from multiple agencies, jurisdictions, who came here under the threat of death because they thought they were going to save a life and arguably my life. So I absolutely am respectful and grateful of that. But I want to make sure I stress I maintain and I hold firm on my rights and I feel that that it was a violation. It doesn't mean I'm not uh, respectful to the idea of officers, you know, having that adrenaline rush and, and, and being worried someone could be hurt. They're the ones who are going to come save us. I respect it. I really do. But I have to I have to place my rights above um, fears of, of, of fears about safety. I, I, I will say, you know, uh, we have armed guards. We are armed. We've taken this very seriously. And in the event something very serious happens, the police are, again, requested to respond. And, you know, totally, totally um, as if it's a, a, a serious call. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. But I, I think we are capable of defending ourselves, and that's why I want to maintain our rights. I, I will not give up my rights for security, and that's why I can respect the officer's intentions while still saying, you know, uh, I, 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 I do not like having my, my, my house entered by police. So we had some uh, uh, information denied. I'm not going to pull up. I have a letter just to my left. They did reply. Uh, they did uh, said body camera footage. So we, we do have body camera footage and uh, more more uh, information. I, depending on whether we can release it, I might, um, but I may actually release it if we do. I've got to confer with lawyers to see about releasing the footage. The, the issue is uh, a, lot of, a lot of the body camera stuff is redacted due to privacy concerns for the officers um, and for, I, I, don't, I don't think it's redacted for the officer's privacy. It's redacted for our, our home privacy, but um, I want to make sure I respect the officer's privacy as well. I, you know, as much as, again, I know Fourth Amendment and I'm not happy with it, I can respect the efforts of the cops and I have no beef with them. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that they're, they're, they're doing this. So we do have body camera footage. We do have a name. We do have more evidence. We know the states. We know the location. There's a lot more we know about this that I can't say, again, because I don't want to compromise any potential investigation. But um, we, 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 we do know a lot. Now, I want to make a few other points as to what I think is a contributing factor. One, uh, Lauren Southern is a friend of mine. I think she's fantastic. I think they lie about her and they smear her relentlessly, but I think it's all BS. I believe that Lauren stands by her opinions. And if she really believed the things she's accused of believing, I think she'd have no problem outright saying she believed these things. I do believe that Lauren is a staunch nationalist and, uh, uh, you know, but white nationalist, I believe is absolutely incorrect and false in a smear meant to discredit the work she does when she talks about immigrations. Uh, immigration and national borders and things like that. 
Certainly, Lauren has done controversial things. I'm sure she's aware of. And um, no, no human being is beyond criticism. But, uh, you know, Lauren's a friend. I, I think she's cool. We had her on the show twice. And if you don't like her, well, you know, too bad. I'm also friends with a lot of other people people don't like. And it is what it is. I, I know who my friends are. And I can disagree with someone to a certain extent. And uh, um, there are some people with some ideas I would not be friends with. You know, I, I'm not a fan of... You know, uh, I think white nationalism is disgusting. I think uh, anti-Semitism is one of the most abhorrent things. I really, really, you want, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The thing that really gets me riled up is the anti-Semitic white nationalist conspiracy theory types because it's just remarkably dumb. It's just stupid, like lacking information, lacking self-awareness. That stuff, I, 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 I will not be friends with someone who holds those views because that's just like, I'll debate them, you know, I'll argue with them, but yeah, you know, we're not going to be hanging out or anything like that. Certainly not. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely all for having arguments and debates. But uh, I'll point out a few things. I believe Lawrence Southern may have had something to do with it. Uh, perhaps people, you know, they don't like her or whatever. But I also believe that um, a contributing factor uh, the other day was based on uh, a trending, a, a me trending on Twitter. So when we got swatted the other day, it appears to have been, um, I believe, the same person from a previous moment. So it may have been due to Lauren Southern. But yesterday we got hit three times. And it does not, it does not appear to be, at least my understanding, one person doing all three. Which leads me to believe that it could be the fact that I'm trending on Twitter. The reason I'm trending on Twitter. Twitter says, podcast host and political comment, uh, commentator Tim Pool reacts to an emotional speech made by Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to the European Parliament. That is factually incorrect. But uh, I don't blame people for not understanding because, I mean, Twitter is without context. What I was responding to, this is the tweet in question. There's a tweet from CNN that says, we desire to see our children alive. I think it's a fair one. That quote is in English and it comes from an EU translator. I said, I despise appeals to emotion. What I mean here and what I meant was the translator was crying. He's sniffling and crying. I do not like having the, the CNN run a story where a guy's like, we desire to see our children. I'm like, okay, dude, with respect, we should take you to the break room, get you a coffee, some fresh air. I understand why you're emotional, but we need someone to translate this so we can understand what's happening. Volodymyr Zelensky saying we desire to see our children alive is not, in my opinion, an appeal to emotion. It's an appeal to humanity, or I suppose. I actually uh, feel that saying we desire to see our children alive, I think it's a fair one, is a more balanced statement between logic and emotion. And I am in no way criticizing Zelensky. In fact, I think Putin's invasion is wrong. My point was, when they run a news story where the translator is crying, Zelensky was not crying. Zelensky was not crying to appeal to my emotions. He was making a rousing speech, which in, in a sense, for sure, is emotional. But that wasn't the point I was trying to make. So um, I can certainly say, yeah, I understand why people didn't understand it. And I certainly don't care. There's nothing I can do about it if people want to make it go viral and accuse me of whatever. But I want to show you this from Euronews. Ukrainian translator gets emotional during Zelensky EU speech. Huh. You mean it happened more than once? Yes. Translators, for some reason, just keep crying as they read the words of Zelensky. I like Zelensky. I think he's a cool dude. I think there's a lot of lies and propaganda. I don't like Vladimir Putin. 
I certainly understand a lot of what Putin's perspective is. And there's a lot of criticism over uh, Zelensky. But uh, my criticism is not directed at, at, at him. He's defending his country from an invasion. I think Putin's losing, and that's why he's become desperate. And I think what Putin is doing is extremely dangerous. But that being said, don't you come to me and play these crying speeches to try and manipulate my emotions. Of course, I am trending on Twitter. I think I reached like number 12 nationwide, which resulted in high profile individuals who then tweet, started tweeting things that were exaggerations. Here's one I thought was absolutely hilarious. Ethan Klein, well, let's put the other one, said Tim Pool called Zelensky a beta for asking Russia to stop killing Ukrainian kids. I certainly did not call uh, Zelensky a beta. I've actually repeatedly praised him. I simply said I despise appeals to emotion in, re in reaction to a clip from CNN. Of course, again, you know, with respect, I can understand why people uh, uh, interpret it as such that I was criticizing Zelensky's speech when, in fact, there was a viral story at the time saying trans CNN translator begins choking up during the speech. I decided to show the video and not the clip from the story so that people could hear the translator choking up. Perhaps I should have included that. Whatever, man, it's Twitter. I don't understand people to understand everything. I certainly did not call Zelensky a beta, but, you know, far be it from Ethan Klein to be an honest individual who knows a thing or two about politics. He also said he's trying to paint him as a communist for using a universal sign of resistance. You know what? What can I say? I'm trolling. That I get. Be mad. I said, whoa, Zelensky just performed the red salute, or maybe he is saying Black Lives Matter. Not sure if he's supporting communism or critical race theory. These people don't know anything about me. They don't understand that uh, as much as the Trump supporters do, I am a milquetoast fence sitter. I am mocking the idea that he was supporting communism or critical race theory. I made a video where I said he probably just doesn't know what he's doing and he's just raising a fist in, re in, in resistance or something. Of course, on Twitter, there are many people who don't know what jokes are. Or at the very least, I think Ethan Klein does. Uh, so I got no beef with Ethan Klein. In fact, my response was, thanks, Ethan, big fan. To which he said, debate Sam Cedar. My response to him is, bro, you can hang out whenever you want. We've had Vosh on the show several times. Because while I think Vosh is wrong about certain things, Vosh has been more than willing to come on and have these conversations. When we invited Sam the first time, he didn't do it. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to come on. And I just don't, I don't feel that Sam is actually interested in having a real conversation. I believe it's more just TV show entertainment. Vosh, on the other hand, I think it's things wrong. But I think he's passionate about what he believes in. And I certainly think there's a lot to criticize the guy for. And I think there's a lot to criticize me for. But if I can have a conversation with someone, I think it's worth having. So um, I don't respect Vosh for a lot of his ideas, but I respect him for standing up for his ideas, making his arguments. And um, often he's, he's presented his ideas and his arguments. Don't agree with his arguments. Sometimes feels a bit like sophistry. I'm sure people, people would say the same thing about me. Now, here's the point why I bring up Ethan. We got swatted three times in one night. Um, I don't think it's Ethan's fault. He's absolutely allowed to and entitled to insult me and criticize me in every way. But I bring this up just because he's a very high profile individual with millions of followers. And this amplified my tweet to a larger audience. That is not in any way Ethan's fault. I'm just simply pointing out the logical fact. When I make a tweet or when I troll and then someone reacts to it and it, and it becomes this big trending national moment, people are going to then do ridiculous things and there are crazy people out there. So um, again, no fault towards Ethan. By all means, Ethan, keep tweeting about me. You can say whatever you want. You're entitled to do so. And I don't blame you in any way for anything that's happening. Um, 
I'm just pointing out it's a high profile moment. So uh, and I, I don't need to single out even Ethan, but he's got two point, what is it, 2.3 million followers. So uh, 2.4. There you go. Certainly, um, I will extend an invitation to Ethan. If he ever wants to come on Tim Castile and have a conversation, he's certainly allowed to. And uh, I hold no ill will towards the man. We've certainly criticized him for his ideas. We are entitled to as much as he is. But uh, when you get to this level of, of notoriety, these things happen. So what can I say? The investigation is ongoing. We've got some fairly, uh, let's say, powerful and talented individuals who are assisting us in the ongoing swatting investigation. And uh, I just want to say, you know, the people who swatted us last night, because it was, it was, well, to be technical, it was two swattings and an emergency call, which would have resulted in like fire department and stuff. So not necessarily a swatting, but on par. There, I believe the two people who did this may have just seen this and then done something really dumb. And what they don't understand is that the severity of the instances across state lines, because we live in a tri-state area and it's affecting multiple jurisdictions, plus DC is right here. I don't think they realize what they've done. So I think, I certainly think one of these swattings, because of the automation, because of the sophisticated nature of it, may be a bit more serious. I don't know for sure. But the other ones may have been someone who was really, really dumb. And I'll tell you this, that person who was really dumb, maybe who made the emergency call, you're going to go to prison for a long time. Because we already have, uh, we already have, I want to be careful about what I say, but we have a lot of information about this. And I think what may end up happening is they might just be like, whoever did it, did it. And they're going to, you're going to be held responsible to a degree for all of it. Six swattings. These cops aren't happy, man. The feds aren't happy, man. Pay attention. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out and listening. I, I don't like doing um, big stories about myself or anything like that. But because we have, we have, we have an updated letter that just came in, I think it's uh, uh, I think it was worth bringing up. And because of the severity of what happened, I, w- I thought it was worth talking about. So apologies if you don't care for these videos. It is what it is. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help you talk through it. Talk to a team of award-winning agents who will walk you through the process step-by-step. Easily compare quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. Your work-life insurance policy may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Even worse, it may not come with you if you leave your job. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. They have no incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com.